everybody. Welcome to 2018 on a new season of the Golf Guide Podcast after yet another extended layoff. Uh, I am very, very happy to be back in uh, what is going to be a slightly new program format uh, for 2018. Um, for this year, we are going to be striving to bring you a Golf Guide podcast each and every week. Um, you know, for the last two years when we've looked at it, we've kind of, you know, been averaging about one episode every other week, and I'm going to do my best uh, to be making sure that we are coming and bringing you some fresh content each and every week. Uh, but because it is somewhat difficult to uh, to lock down guests, um, especially the guests that I know and I love so well. I mean, Casey, as you all know, is is one of my favorite and really the, the best co-host, at least, you know, consistent co-host I've ever had. But that guy is busy as shit. And uh, it is just, it's really, really tough to be able to get uh, an hour or two of his time every single week. So we will be talking to Casey uh, sparingly. You know, I mean, still tr- try to have him on as often as possible. But uh, the what I'm trying to tell you, and, you know, I've turned this has turned into a long-winded type thing. But uh, it is going to be just me here and there um, for weeks this year. I was really hesitant to do this. I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was have somebody listen to only me for an extended period of time. Um, first of all, I mean, you know, I just I just don't think I'm that interesting. But I've had enough people tell me that they would still continue to listen at least for a few minutes if it was only me. So we're going to give this a shot. Um, all feedback. Love all of your feedback. Kyle at golfguide.net. Get at me if you've got any suggestions or ideas for the show. We're going to make 2018 as spectacular as humanly possible. So with that, um, first things we're going to get into it. I have some unfortunate news that I'm going to headline the show with today, but uh, let's get to a little news here first. We've been off for a couple of weeks, so we've got a few things to touch on. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I get a little randy for anything Tiger Woods related. And uh, after Tiger's... Uh, you know, first tournament back from his most recent absence at the Hero World Challenge. You know, we like to say he had a nice top 10 finish. I mean, granted, there was less than 20 people playing, but hey, it's a top 10 nonetheless. Um, it looked pretty good, and Tiger has announced that uh, the next two tournaments he will be playing in uh, right here in our own backyard. So Tiger is going to be making his next tournament start at the Farmers Insurance Open, which is going to be played, of course, at Torrey Pines, uh, both the north and the south course, down in La Jolla, uh, San Diego, California. So um, we got one more tournament this weekend in Hawaii, the Sony Open, and then after that, we start the West Coast Swing. For all of us golfers here on the West Coast, this is our best opportunity to see the best in the business do their thing. So um, the Farmers uh, Insurance Tournament at Torrey Pines is going to be absolutely sensational. It's a place that Tiger has won many, many times. Um, although, you know, one of the up-and-comers on uh, on the PGA Tour, Mr. John Rahm, is a defending champion at the Farmers Insurance Open, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, Tiger, so obviously he'll be not, he won't be playing in, you know, last week's uh, Tournament of Champions. He won't be playing in this week's Sony Open. He's going to be skipping uh, the tournament, the Career Builder Challenge. Uh, next weekend down in Palm Desert, but January 25th, mark it on your calendars, folks. Tiger will be back at Torrey Pines, and let's hope it goes a little bit better than his missed cut did last year. And then uh, a couple weeks later, he's going to be playing at the old Genesis Open at Riviera, and that's going to be going on February 15th 
through the 18th. So uh, for all of you West Coast golf fans, Le Tigre is in the house. Although he's not in a house or inside at all. He's going to be outside on a golf course. So mark your calendars accordingly. Get out there. If you have a chance to go watch Tiger Woods, do not miss that opportunity and get after it. All right. A couple other things, like I said before. Uh, the Tournament of Champions, the first big PGA Tour event, an invitation-only event, took place at the Plantation Course at Kapalua uh, last weekend. And Dustin Johnson just absolutely smoked the field. He beat John Rahm by eight strokes. John Rahm had a solid, solid performance, and he was eight strokes back of Dustin Johnson. An absolute evisceration uh, of the field by DJ, um, which brings, oddly enough, his PGA total, uh, his win total on the PGA Tour to 17, which is a pretty incredible number, and I don't think until now I mean, even with all the success that he had last year, I'm not sure a lot of people were thinking of Dustin Johnson as a Hall of Famer, but he is very quickly putting himself into that conversation. And honestly, even with just the 17 total wins, you got to think he's got a pretty, a pretty excellent chance of uh, of making his way up there, and uh, certainly not only being in consideration but getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, honestly, if we're just being you know perfectly honest with one another. There's a good chance he wins three more times in the next year or two. That gets his, you know, his total PGA Tour win total to 20, and I'm not sure anybody has 20 PGA Tour wins and isn't in the Paul Hall of Fame. So DJ, just continuing to just really, you know, whip his stuff out, put it on the table, and just tell everybody, listen, you know, I got, you know, I got Miss Gretzky, I got the wins, you know, I I got everything I need. You guys just sit back and enjoy the show. And so Dustin, good for you, brother. Um. Second, so some news for this weekend regarding the PGA Tour. The Sony Open is going to be happening at Hualeah uh, Golf Club on, I think, in Honolulu, which is going to be pretty sweet. Um, and a couple interesting stories going on this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how Justin Thomas um, defends his title there from last year where he had, I, I guess you have to call it the most dominant single tournament uh, by anybody not named Tiger Woods in a non-major, um, certainly in my lifetime. I mean, his opening round 59 kind of paved the way for him to set the 36-hole and 72-hole you know, scoring record uh, for a PGA tournament, which is pretty pretty exceptional. Um, so, And obviously, G- JT is coming off one of the, you know, the Player of the Year honors from last year, five wins, an absolutely fantastic uh, 2017. So... Seeing what he does this weekend in terms of defending his title is going to be fascinating. And another note is uh, Justin Thomas's regular caddy is going to be out with a bout of plantar fasciitis. I really hope I'm saying that correctly. But uh, in his steed, he has tapped Jim Bones McKay. And I am fascinated to see what these two look like uh, when they are working together. Um, Jim Bones McKay, Phil Mickelson's longtime caddy who we... Uh, um, ended his business relationship with last year. He's been working as an analyst, like an on-course analyst for the Golf Channel uh, since him and Phil parted ways. And seeing Bones back on the bag, I am going to be fascinated to see not only how the two work together, um, what the relationship looks like, and how Justin Thomas does. I mean, what if Justin Thomas goes out there and wins again? And all of a sudden he's like, hey, this looks pretty good. I mean, could this be one of those things where he brings Jim Bones McKay on for a single tournament 
to kind of, you know, fill in for his caddy, you know, who's had a lot of success with. I mean, people were making a big deal out of Justin Thomas's caddy when he won the PGA Championship last year. Um, it's a guy he's been with for a long time. I certainly can't foresee any scenario where Justin Thomas's, you know, longtime caddy gets healthy and doesn't come back on the bag. But, I mean, if they're not out there already, I haven't seen it. you got to think that if Justin Thomas plays well this weekend, you're going to start seeing all sorts of bullshit articles out there about, well, should he think about ditching his caddy and stick with Jim Bones McKay? Could this be the start of something new? Yada, yada. I don't know. Um, I just know that it's going to be really interesting and somewhat fascinating to be, uh, to be following, and it should make for some good drama and uh, at, least, at least some good stories that are going to be coming out of Wailea. Um Another little note is uh, I thought was interesting, and uh, I was you know this was brought to my attention by the Fried Egg recently um, in some of his uh, pod, really good podcasts that he's doing with Tom Doak. If, if you're not listening to it, Andy Johnson from the Fried Egg is doing a little kind of architecture series with Tom Doak called The Yoke with Doak, and uh, they're just talking about golf course architecture stuff, and uh, I didn't realize that Tom Doak is uh, consulting on Wailea uh, Golf Club right now, and you know, they're trying to sort of bring back the Seth Rayner um, vibe and kind of playability and restoring some of the holes. Um, and so I, I thought that was, you know, was very fascinating. I had no idea, uh, that Wailea had as much architectural significance as it does. I mean, Seth Rayner, obviously CB McDonald's, uh, right-hand man, uh, built a lot of, you know, prominent, very famous, wonderful golf courses in his own right. Um, I mean, I've never actually played a Seth Rayner design, um, I was lucky enough to check, you know, Cypress Point off my bucket list last year. That was routed by Seth Rayner, um, but ultimately, he, you know, he he was not the one that actually uh, ended up building it. Out, you know, obviously be Mr. McKenzie. He did route the Monterey Peninsula Country Clubs, one of the two courses. I, I honestly, I get him so confused. I know the Mike Strantz one I've played, which is excellent. I haven't played the uh, other one that Seth Rayner laid out that uh, Jackson Kahn, Tom Fazio kind of redid a few years ago, but. You know, anybody that's ever had the opportunity to play a course designed by Seth Rayner has had nothing but glowing, wonderful uh, things to say. And, um, you know, the course has a little bit of a checkered history a while. I mean, Seth Rayner originally laid it out in the mid to late 20s, and then they had to give up a lot of the beachfront land for some shit hotel um, that, you know, kind of obstructed and forced the powers that be at Wailea to, to reroute and... Uh, you know, designed a couple of new golf holes to account for all the land lost to this hotel that was being built. So um, just kind of getting the, you know, the story and all that, uh, listening to Tom Doak is pretty fascinating. And with all this fresh knowledge that I've got about YLA, I'm, I'm even extra interested uh, to be watching the tournament this weekend. So that is going to be a lot of fun. The Sony Open uh, starting tomorrow, January 11th. Um, so be sure to check that out. Uh, some other quick little notes here. Um, the Eurasia Cup uh, is going to be starting this weekend. As Americans, we have no idea. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I really didn't have much of an idea. I'd heard of it, but I didn't really have know any details. It is basically the Ryder Cup for Europe versus Asia. So that actually should be a lot of fun. That's going on in Kuala Lumpur uh, this weekend. So I think that'll be pretty awesome. Um, and other little side notes, if you really, really like golf equipment, uh, the PGA Merchandise Show is going on in Florida at the end of this month on January 23rd to the 26th. Um, if you're a person who follows a lot of golf accounts on social media, just be prepared to have your eyeballs punched in by people just shamelessly plugging their presence at the PGA Merchandise Show. Um, but again, if, if you're into equipment and merchandise and clubs and all that kind of stuff like that, it's a pretty 
it's a pretty good way to geek out on all that kind of stuff like that. So put that on your radar. And uh, I think that does it for news, um, at least in the meantime. So uh, now that we have all of that out of the way, um, I am really, really fucking bummed. I Pardon my French. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to curtail my use of explicit language on this podcast. Um, in 2018, this is going to be a slightly more family-friendly pod. Um, you know, just in terms of, I'm just going to try not to sound like such a goddamn sailor, uh, this year. Um, but I, you know, I got some news yesterday from, uh, uh, the director of ops at one of my favorite golf courses, a, a golf course that you've heard me and my guests talk about many, many times on this podcast. And I have the unfortunate chore and duty, um, to let all of you listeners know, um, Shit, this is harder. This is this this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I, I I hate delivering bad news, but I'm going to go for it here. Etna Springs Golf Course in Pope Valley in northern Napa County, unfortunately, will be closing its doors this coming Sunday. So uh, January 14th, just a few days from right now, is going to be the last day of play uh, for Etna Springs Golf Course. And I just wanted to one last time sort of give this course its due. Uh, as one of the absolute best nine-hole golf courses in the entire country. And the fact that it's shutting down is really, it, it's a really sad day. Um, you know, when a really high-quality golf course uh, can't stay in business, you know, the, the whole golfing community is taking, is taking an L here. And, um, you know, if, if you're not familiar with Etna Springs, and if you've listened to this podcast before, I know that you know about it. I know you've heard me, you know, Take, take my pants off and, and fondle myself while I talk about it. But, I mean, it is really a treasure of a golf course. Um, and it's kind of, it really is a shame that it's going to be closing now because uh, this summer the golf course was set to turn 125 years old, um, making it one of the oldest continuously operated golf courses in the western United States. And uh, the fact that it's closing a door, its doors and it won't quite make it to its 125th birthday is a huge bummer. Um, you know, it's been around for a long time, but back in the, uh, the early two thousands, yeah, I'm not exactly sure when they began work on it, but Tom Doak and his team at Renaissance golf design, uh, were commissioned to come in and redo this golf course. Uh, probably, you know, if, if I had to guess it'd be somewhere in 2004, 2005, because I know that it opened back up in its, uh, current, uh, state in 2007 and they did an unbelievably masterful job. Um, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that if there were nine more holes, um, of the same equivalency of the same quality as those first nine, you know, I, there's a lot of unbelievably good golf courses that aren't on the quote unquote top 100 list of golf digest or golf magazine or what have you. But, um, if there were nine more holes at Etna Springs, it would certainly be in that discussion, uh, and, and, and certainly warrant a spot as one of the, you know, the West coast and the United States premier golf courses. And the fact that it's only nine holes, I actually think makes it even, even a little more special because it's just, you know, it's so random that a golf course that's so spectacular would be located out in the middle of nowhere, just nine little holes, um, minimalist design, extremely, extremely strategic. Um, you know, there's not many golf courses out in Northern California, uh, that require you to hit spots, um, in the fairway to set up certain angles into the greens, the way that Etna Springs does. And, 
Um, the fact that it's no longer going to be available for us to play uh, starting next week is a real shame. Uh, from a little bit of reporting I was able to do, essentially what's happened is, um, you know, Edna Springs is part of a larger parcel of land, you know, well over a thousand acres um, that has been for sale now for a year or two. And I believe the property is an escrow and um, the current owners, you, you know, I, 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 I don't know what the next owner's plans are for the golf course. Um, it may open back up again. It very well may not back open up again. I, I really don't know. Um, but from what I can tell, you know, the escrow on the transaction was extended. Um, and just because, you know, the golf course is somewhat remote, it's probably not making a lot of money. In fact, I'd be surprised if it was in the black. Um, just given, you know, the costs of maintaining a golf course and how many players they're able to get out there because it is in a pretty remote location. Um, I think the current ownership uh, has just decided to kind of cease operation to kind of at least, you know, stop the bleeding a little bit in terms of their costs. Um, and it's a, it's a damn shame, man. It, it really is. It's such a, it's such a special place. I mean, um, 2018 is going to be a very exciting big year for me. I'm getting married uh, I got vacations planned. I got friends. I'm saying. I mean, it's just it's going to be a really really fun year. But this is a pretty a pretty shit way um, to get it started. And it, it's funny. Like my dad, <laughs> you know, bless bless his heart. My dad has been just hammering me and my bride to be uh, that we should just get married at Etna Springs. He's like, you know what? Whatever your wedding is, don't worry about it. You guys should just go get married at, at Etna. It'd be so much more awesome. And I'm like, you know what? If I was into just going out and playing golf for my wedding and just having a huge golf tournament for my wedding, I would be 100% in because, um, you know, I'll go a little bit more into detail on this in an article that I'm writing for Golf Guy that should be out by the end of the weekend uh, about Etna Springs. But just the story behind it and how it came to be what it is right now is so fascinating. This this facility is so history rich uh, just in terms of all the different things and events that have taken place. You know, beat it from the Moonies using it as their headquarters back, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, shoot, like one of the craziest cults in American history operated out of Etna Springs for a while. And then, you know, all the way to now where that redo that Tom Doak and Renaissance Golf Design back, did back in 2007, that was supposed to be the first step in creating one of the most wonderfully luxurious, high-end, golf-centric um, resorts in Northern California. I mean... The developers that originally hired Tom Doak and those guys to redo this golf course, they not only were going to have this sensational nine-hole golf course that was going to be, you know, more resort style. It certainly nobody would consider it a championship golf course. I mean, Etna Springs from the back tees for its nine holes, um, it's regulation length, you know, but it's just a little bit over three thousand yards. I mean, nobody's ever going to be having a super competitive tournament there. I mean, what makes Etna Springs so great is that it's just fun. I mean, you go out there, regardless of your skill level, you're going to have a great time because it's beautiful. The holes are not overly challenging, but there's enough intrigue everywhere in there where a good player still can, have, you know, unfortunately make a bogey, a double bogey if they don't execute right. I mean, it's just the perfect golf course to go have two hours of fun at. Four hours if you're like me and nine holes is just not quite enough sometimes. So, um, yeah, and when they were redoing it, they had another 18-hole, you know, championship length golf course designed by Tom Doak laid out in uh, in a different part of the same valley uh, that Etna Springs is located in. I don't recall if it was, you know, the, the planning commission, I, I, maybe the board of supervisors it was. Um, they voted it down. They 
They put it up to a vote to make sure that it could get approved so they could start building this 18-hole golf course. They were going to build a bunch of five-star lodging everywhere. I mean, it was going to be truly a high-end five-star golf resort uh, located in the northern you know, Napa wine country that I think would have been an absolutely massive hit. And um, the Napa County powers that be voted it down simply because it wasn't wine. Um, and they just weren't sure they wanted to have any kind of non-wine-centric tourism attractions up there, which, uh, I mean, at least from, from a golfer standpoint, it's it's a massive bummer. And uh, after that vote, unfortunately, things for Etna Springs have kind of gone into a tailspin. They now, because essentially with that, without that 18-hole course, Etna Springs, it, it's not really close to anything. I mean, it's a lot closer to Middletown up in Lake County than it is to pretty much anything else. I mean, it's even closer to Middletown in Lake County than it is to really anything in Napa Valley, despite it actually being located in Napa County. Um, and, you know, it, and this is something I'm going to be addressing in that article that I'm writing this weekend, but, you know, especially ever since Bannon Dunes, and really, honestly, if we're going to go all the way back, probably Sand Hills, uh, back in the early 90s, and then Bannon Dunes in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you know, there's kind of been a consensus that, you know, in golf, if you build something great, really and really spectacular, golfers will find their way there and it will be sustainable. It just has to be good enough. Um, and I guess the bummer and the lesson that we're learning here is, you know, Etna Springs is good enough. It just doesn't have enough of the good. Uh, the one thing I'm noticing is all those other courses and those facilities that kind of managed to get that field of dreams, you know, hey, if you build it, they will come. Um, the only problem is a lot of those golf courses not only have 18 or more holes, but they have lodging and everything like that. And I'm thinking that the lesson to learn here is if you are going to do that, you got to have a place for people to stay. You got to have a place for people to eat and to get people to go, you know, as far as I guess they would need to go just to play nine holes and then not have a place to stay where maybe they could, you know, play 18, spend the night, play one more time on the day they leave and, and leave. Uh, maybe that's the lesson that we take away here and that, you know, if Etna Springs was ever able to come back and reopen um, in, hey, I, I really, really hope that it does. I mean, it's so special that, you know, for the new owners, whether they keep it as a, a private golf course for themselves or a regular private course, or they open back it up, to, open it back up to the public. I mean, what, whatever it is, I, I just am keeping my fingers crossed that somehow, some way, um, people will be able to continue to enjoy that golf course at some point in the future. Uh, like I said, a lot of history. I mean, it's certainly a sensational golf course by anybody's account. And um, I really, really hope this is not the end for Etna Springs and that if they do ever end up coming back, I hope that whoever the owners are uh, can maybe put like a little bit of lodging and then maybe add like one or two other amenities up there because you just need to give people just enough incentive to make the drive up there because once they play that golf course once, like anybody else that's ever been up there, they'll be hooked and they'll want to go back and they'll be spreading the word. So... It is a sad, sad day for wine country golfers, for Northern California golfers, and really anybody uh, who is a fan of quality golf. Um, Etna Springs closing its doors. Um, I am going to be out at Etna Springs on Sunday uh, playing it on its last day of operation because, again, I just don't know if I'll ever uh, have the opportunity to play out there ever again. And uh, so... If you are in the Bay Area, especially if you are in the wine country and, you know, you love golf, I, you know, I strongly, strongly encourage you 
uh, to give Aetna Springs a call, make a tea time for Saturday or Sunday, and get out and enjoy that place, man. I mean, the la- at the very least, we can send them out with a bang, you know, have them, you know, two days where the tea sheet's filled, and as many people as possible get to experience that absolutely sensational golf course uh, before, yeah, before it goes bye-bye. Shit. It's still sad to say. I've been, I've been ranting about it for, what, 10, 15 minutes now, and I'm still sad about it. But anyway, it is on that sad note that I am going to bid adieu to all of you, uh, at least until next week. Um, if you guys really fucking hated this podcast and me just ranting for, you know, however, I don't really have the time uh, here, so I, I have no idea how long I've been ranting for, but um, if you have any suggestions, also, if you have any questions that you'd like me or my guest to answer, please don't hesitate to hit me up. Kyle at golfguide.net is my email address. I try to get back to Anybody that uh, comments or has any feedback for the show, questions that you want answered, topics that maybe you're interested in having uh, us address on the show, if it, you know, if your suggestion sucks, I'm obviously not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do it on the show, uh, but I'll at least write you an email back saying, hey man, you're, thank you for the input, your idea stinks, I'm not gonna talk about it, but I appreciate you listening. Uh, but any, you know, any good ideas, they will find a way to make it onto the show. So, um, thank you very, very much for your time, everybody. Uh, I hope this was informative. We'll be back next week. And uh, before I say goodbye, a quick little side note. We were pumping up our Green Valley Play Day last year that just so happened to coincide with the beginning of the Tubbs, Atlas, you know, wine country fires uh, that started up here uh, in October. And so we canceled it and we postponed it. And that event is actually now going to be taking place this spring, Monday, March 12th. Golf Guides Play Day at Green Valley Country Club. Um, I think that the timing is going to be absolutely sensational. It's scheduled for Monday, March 12th. Daylight Savings is March 11th. So this is going to be like the second day of actually having afternoon and even like late afternoon golf back. I could not be more excited, not just for the long days and the more, you know, the more hours with which we can enjoy playing golf, but this golf course is a ton of fun. It's a very family-friendly, very family-oriented country club. Um, the golf course itself, based on the design, is, you know, it, it's not going to be on a lot of, it's not going to be on any top 100 lists, and, you know, if you're talking about the United States as a whole. However, the golf course is a ton of fun, and it is an absolutely spectacular shape. The maintenance crew out at Green Valley Country Club are absolute rock stars and for their members they give them a golf course that is in absolutely superb condition all the time Uh, and it's on a really fascinating piece of land it's built right up into these foothills north of fairfield Um, it's only maybe you know the way the crow flies maybe like a mile away from the napa county line Um, and it certainly feels like you're you know it's a wine country country club um yeah say that 10 times um and we're going to have an absolute blast. We are actually keep, going to keep the field somewhat limited. So only 36 players uh, we, we have spots for on this. You know, so nine, nine foursomes. That way get everybody out. Uh, have you know, a nice, uh, brisk round of golf where you know, the last thing we want you to do is come out, join us for a round of golf, and sit, on the, you know, sit out there for five and a half, six hours. So we're keeping it kind of small, intimate. Everybody that comes out is going to get a round of golf. They're gonna, you know, if they want to use a cart, they can use a cart. It's going to come with some lunch, and it's only 90 bucks. Um, you know, if you're a member at Green Valley and you want to bring a guest out, it's going to be a hundred bucks. Plus you got to, you know, pay for the car. You got to pay for food and all that kind of stuff like that. And just because we really, really love golf. Um, and you know what, let's be honest. We love all of you. Um, 
We've arranged, you know, with the powers that be at Green Valley Country Club to get you everything you need for 90 bucks. So not only do you get to go play a golf course that you normally wouldn't have access to with it being private and all, um, you're, you're going to do it for less than, you know, the, the, the members' guests are going to be able to do anyway. And we're going to have a really fun format out there. It's just going to be a lot of people having fun, uh, playing some good golf, and kind of getting you ready for golf season. That beginning of March is the perfect time to start, you know, getting the rust off your golf swing getting out there, chasing the little white ball around. I mean, if you're doing that, by the time the Masters rolls around four weeks later, you're going to be fucking dialed in, all right? So, uh, once again, March 12th, uh, Monday, at Green Valley Country Club. If you want to sign up for the play day uh, that we are putting on, just go to golfguide.net and go to the store, and uh, you simply would go find Green Valley Country Club on the golfguide.net website, and just like you would if you were purchasing a play certificate on Golf Guide for any other golf course, there's only one play certificate available for Green Valley Country Club, and it's for the March 12th play, play day. Purchase that little bad boy you've got in your system. Uh, and yeah, and then when March rolls around, you come join me, join our publisher Rick for a, a super kick-ass round of golf at an unbelievably spectacular golf course that's in immaculate shape and is in an absolutely magical, beautiful setting. Monday, March 12th, Golf Guide Play Day, Green Valley Country Club. Go to golfguide.net, visit the store, do your thing, join us. Let's get out there and play, everybody. Uh, so on that note, until next week, I hope you all have a very, very pleasant uh, weekend. I hope the weather isn't too uh, isn't too awful and you're actually able to get out there and enjoy yourself a round of golf. And so until next time, mahalo. Mahalo.